is coming up now on Established in the Faith. It's hard to find the King James anymore. It's even harder to find a preacher who will preach out of the King James. Let me go even further with that. It's hard to find a preacher today that will even preach at all. And John the Baptist, he came preaching. Churches are getting away from that today. Why? Because it's too old-fashioned. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning the preaching of John the Baptist. The preaching of John the Baptist. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I thank you for this word which you have given And Lord, I pray this morning that you will rest upon me. Lord, that you'll rest upon the people. Lord, that you'll help me to rightly divide this word of truth and to present it to the people, Lord, that whoever among us, the least among us, Lord, may be able to hear and receive it and understand it and be drawn closer to you. And Lord, I ask this today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Let me deal, first of all, with that first little phrase there, in those days, in those days. These were the days leading up to the first coming of Christ. That first coming, really, when you get down to it, should have been the only coming. But sadly, Israel would reject Jesus and the Lord would do other things, and I'll deal with that in just a moment. But the spiritual condition of Israel in that day was not as it should have been. You had those in Israel of that day who would go to the temple and look in the genealogies, and they could trace their lineage back all the way to Abraham. And they had the idea of national salvation. Just because I am in the line of Abraham, I'm saved. You had that particular group. You also had the thought process, I'm blessed and I'm rich. And because I'm rich, then God approves of my lifestyle and therefore I'm saved. 
All of Israel in that day was looking for the Messiah to come. But it was a Messiah of their own imagination. It was a Messiah of their own interpretation. And they had Scripture to back it up, but they missed it altogether. They were looking for a Messiah who would step on the scene and deliver them from the yoke of Rome and bring Israel back to a place of supremacy in the world. Israel of that day, their leadership, they made the law into salvation. God never intended for the law to be salvation. He gave the law to show mankind that he was a, a sinner and needed a Savior. And along with the law, God gave the sacrificial system. But the sacrifices to Israel of that day, it was just a mere ritual that we go through. Their faith was actually in the law. They added to the law. One commentator said they added as many as 600 laws, fence laws, to what God had given in His Word. And in some cases, the man-made laws were more important than what God said in His Word. And what Israel was practicing in that day was so far above and beyond what God originally intended. It wasn't even close. It had deteriorated down to a mere religion. And that's what Paul called it. He called it the Jews' religion. Let me tell you this. Religion is the most damnable thing there is in this world. Religion is worse than alcohol, it's worse than drugs, it's worse than anything else. Well, what are you saying, Brother James? I'm trying to tell you today that religion sends more people to hell than anything else. Religion. Let me bring it up to these days. A lot of what I've said concerning those days can be said of the church in these days in which we're now living. Just as Israel had the idea of national salvation, my name is on the books, it goes all the way back to Abraham. If I walk up and I shake the preacher's hand and I join the church and my name is on the book, then I'm saved. You can walk down this aisle this morning. You can shake my hand. We can baptize you in the tank. We can put your name on the book. You can give a million dollars to this church, and that will not save your soul. But if you're thinking about making out a million-dollar check, make it out to Friendship uh, Free Will Baptist Church. <laughs> as bad as we need the money. I'm more concerned about your soul. You're not saved because you joined this church. Just as Israel of old was looking for a Messiah to bring them back to a place of supremacy, the church today is presenting a Messiah. They're presenting a Jesus to grow the church. 
church. It's not the Jesus of the cross because the cross offends people. They present a Jesus that loves everybody. Just come as you are and the sin issue is ignored altogether. Let me tell you this. If the preacher you're listening to does not deal with sin... Chances are he's preaching another Jesus, and it's fostered by another spirit, a demon spirit. But the Bible speaks in the last days. Many will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Just as Israel added to the law, they added to the Word of God, Men today have added to the Word of God and have taken away from the Word of God. You can't even call it a Bible anymore. What are you talking about, Brother John? I'm talking about all these different translations of the Bible today. Let me tell you, if it's not a King James Bible, if what you're reading is not a King James Bible, I wouldn't even call it a Bible. It's just a, it's just a religious book. That's what you have. Well, why are you so King James, Brother James? Well, I'm King James because this is a word-for-word translation out of the original Greek and Hebrew text. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This right here is as close to the original text, to the Word of God, as you're going to get. It's hard to find the King James anymore. It's even harder to find a preacher who will preach out of the King James. Let me go even further with that. It's hard to find a preacher today that will even preach at all. And John the Baptist, he came preaching. Churches are getting away from that today. Why? Because it's too old-fashioned. We put the monitors up in the church and we sing and we praise and we worship God and we should. But then we show a little video to make everybody feel happy and go home. And very little preaching in the church today. But preaching is God's way. It is God's way. Dana, if you can, put it up on the screen. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. And he gave some apostles... Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Next verse. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. There you have it. That is God's way. He does it through and by the preaching of His Word. John the Baptist came preaching. Now, let me tell you, his preaching was not like that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees, they wanted fairness for everybody. So they were sticklers for the law. That's why they thought it was fair, you see. Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they'd get on the internet every Friday night and they'd go on there and they'd try to find a sermon for the next morning. Sermons.com. Stand up behind the pulpit and just read it off of a piece of paper. That was their 
preaching. But John the Baptist, he never used a piece of paper. He just went out there and shelled it down like it was because he was full of the Holy Ghost. And he had a message that he gave to the people. And John, he wasn't accepted by the mainstream. He didn't dress like they did in their nice little robes and their little hats. He come wearing some old crazy camel hair with some leather girdle around his waist, eating locust and honey. He didn't fit in with the religious bureaucracy of that day. Let me tell you something else about John too. Now, I don't know what his educational background was, but I can go ahead and tell you right now, he didn't graduate from Mount Olive. He did not have a doctorate in psychology. But God moved through that man to touch the world of that day, and thousands of people flocked to him. He had to preach out in the wilderness because he was not accepted in the first church of Jerusalem. Thousands of people flocked to him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they stood up one Saturday morning, got ready to preach. There won't nobody there. They were all down there by the Jordan River listening to John. So they decided, well, we'll go down there and hear what all he has to say. And John steps up to the pulpit and he looks out and he sees them. Oh, they stick out like a sore thumb because they've got their little fancy robes on and they're just, you know, just so-so. John said, I welcome you today. It's good to see you. I'd like to extend a warm welcome to all the snakes and vipers we have in the service today. He told them flat out, you're going to hell. And they said, who do you think you are? Are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? You didn't graduate from Mount Olive. You ain't got your doctorate in psychology. Who gave you the authority to baptize? Who do you think you are? And John said, no, I'm not the Christ. I'm not Elijah. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. They didn't like him. They didn't get along with him good at all. Now, John preached repentance. Just before Jesus would make his debut the first time, God sent John the Baptist to preach a message of repentance to get the people back to where they would be able to receive the Lord. The message of repentance. Here we are today, 2,000 years later. And these days which we're living in now are the last days. The last days of the church right before Jesus comes back. And I truly believe that before the Lord comes back in these last days, these days which we're now living in, the message of repentance must be preached. The church needs revival. 
but there will only be a revival in the churches that come back to the cross. And let me also say this, the depths of our revival will be according to the depths of our repentance. The church needs to repent for trying to grow the church through and by other means other than the means that God has prescribed in His Word. Trying to grow the church by ignoring the cross. Trying to grow the church through and by the means of the flesh rather than the means of the Holy Spirit. Repentance. Repent. When you read in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Jesus addressed seven churches. Five out of those seven churches, Jesus said, Repent! Repent! To all the churches, Jesus said, To the overcomer. To the overcomer. To the overcomer. Every one of them. He also said to every one of those churches, He that has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. And God's message for the church today is repent and come back to the cross. Along with that message of repentance, John preached... The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached what he knew according to the prophets of old. Now let me share this with you. You'll find it in Luke 3 and verse 5. But Isaiah said the exact same thing in Isaiah 40 and verse 4. And you can see it up there on the screen. He said, Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. This world is a very unfair place. Those who are in the valley, the low places, seem to stay there oppressed by those who are up on the mountain. And it's been that way for a long time. But Jesus Christ, one day, is going to set the record straight and He's going to level the playing field. All the crooked ways, He's going to make it straight. And the rough places, He's going to make it smooth. Speaking of the millennium. Here's what a lot of people don't understand. When Jesus came that first time, it should have been the only time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can't have a kingdom unless you have a king. That king was Jesus Christ. He was Israel's Messiah. But they would not accept him. They did not want a Jesus that dealt with sin. They wanted a Jesus who would put Israel back to a place of supremacy in the world. They rejected their Messiah. But here's the thing. It was God's intention for Jesus to come on the scene. All the miracles and things that he did, that was just evidence to prove who he said he was. Miracle after miracle. 
the sick healed, dead bodies that were raised up. I mean, just miracle signs and wonders. There was no doubt as to who he was. And Jesus was to offer to Israel the kingdom of heaven. All they had to do was believe it. Now, had Israel stepped up and said, we believe that this is our Messiah, Rome would have come in, crucified Jesus. He would have died for the sins of the world, raised the third day. The millennium could have started right then, and Israel would have been in a place of supremacy in the world. But because of their unbelief, because of Israel's unbelief in who Jesus was, it has subjected this world to an additional 2,000 years of sin and death, killing, stealing, and destroying. I said all that to say this, along with the message of repentance, the coming of the kingdom of God is near at hand. That must be preached today as well. Which today now, since Israel has rejected Jesus Christ, the Lord is dealing with the Gentile church. He uses the church today to carry forth His Word. And as it pertains to the coming of the kingdom of heaven... First of all, there's going to be a rapture. And that's something, again, that much of the church world laughs at. They call it escapism and whatever the case. Don't believe it. But let me tell you, this Bible teaches that there's going to be a rapture. And there's going to be a resurrection. For the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There's your resurrection. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The rapture. That is the next great event on the horizon of time. It's going to grab the attention of the world like nothing else. You, I mean, you imagine millions of people all over this world instantly disappearing. They're going to be cars going down the road with the cruise control set at a cool 65 miles an hour. And the rapture takes place. Who's driving that car? Airplane pilots. 200 and some passengers on board flying that airplane and all of a sudden the rapture takes place. That pilot is gone. Trains going down the railroad tracks. And the engineer, the rapture takes place. He's raptured out. you got trains going down the tracks with no engineer. Can you imagine the chaos that's going to be in this world when that takes place? Just as John preached, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. That was judgment. Judgment that was coming upon Israel if they rejected their Messiah. And, and, and judgment did come in 70 A.D. Jesus said, not a stone will be left upon another as it pertained to the temple. And it was so. But there is a judgment coming upon this world. A seven-year great tribulation period is coming in which God will deal with the sins of mankind. He's going to deal with mankind who has rejected God and who has rejected His plan of salvation. And through all of that, seven-year tribulation period, God is going to bring Israel back 
to where they will repent. And at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, Jesus is actually going to come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olivet. Israel will stand there that day and look at him and say, Where did you receive that wound in your side? And what are those nail holes in your hands? And he will say, It's where I was crucified. And Israel will repent and they will come back. And in that day, and let me tell you, it's not that far off. There will be peace and fairness in this world like we've never known. There'll be no more doctors. He's going to put the funeral home out of business. No more death or dying. They will beat their swords into plowshares. No more hunger. Even the animal kingdom will be restored back to what God originally intended for it to be. That is where you and I could be at right now had it not been for unbelief. And a lot of people are going to miss out because of unbelief. And John the Baptist came to set the record straight, to prepare the hearts of the people for the coming of the Lord. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We need more preachers today to preach that message. That, that was the only message that John the Baptist had. And Jesus said he was the greatest prophet that ever lived. And we don't know how long his ministry lasted. It was just a short period of time. But it was the message that he preached that prepared the hearts of the people. The preaching of John the Baptist. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, 
Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.